Would you join me in your Bibles tonight to the book of Revelation? Revelation chapter 1, the Apocalypse. And I still remember uh, what a blessing it is to see that that word apocalypse, Revelation, is used a light to lighten the Gentiles. And we want to look at this book as it is a blessing to God's people and not a dread. In this is the book of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we find in the verse, very first verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the light he sheds on our heart of Jesus Christ. This is the book. The word lamb with regard to the Lord Jesus is found more times in this book than any other book. This just magnifies the Lord Jesus. It glorifies the Lord Jesus. And we sang a couple songs tonight. I just wanted to set the tone because this is the book of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some mysteries in here. There's no question about it. There are some things that are hard to be understood, but those are the minors. The blessings that we have in seeing the Lord Jesus is the majors, and that's what we want to spend our time on. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, and I'd like to read down through verse 8 tonight. And our subject is going to be found in verse 8. It's one word, Alpha. I am Alpha and Omega. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God. There's no greater thing a person could do than to bear record of the Word of God. Will you just be remembered at the end of our life? He bore record of the Word of God. She bore record of the Word of God. And it says there, of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. John was privileged to see many things, and by faith we're privileged to see the same things. I don't have to have the Mount of Transfiguration again. It's written in the book. And it happened. And there were those, Peter, James, and John, that went up on that mountain and witnessed it, and John recorded about it. And we find great joy in what they saw and what joy they had when they heard, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And we mentioned as we went through verse 4 that we'll never have peace without first of all having grace. It's never the other way around. We never get uh, peace and then God gives us grace. That's the human view. God's view is I give my grace and that is how you get your peace. It's unmerited favor. God gives his grace, and then we have peace. And it says there, from him, the Lord Jesus, which is, and we looked at his great isness, I am that I am, ever present. Never, never was he not. Can I say that? Never, never was he not. It's his ever present isness. And then it says there, in uh, John chapter or Revelation chapter one and verse four, uh, for him which is and which was, 
And I like what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And that's it. And then it says, to him uh, which is to come. Now, the saints have forever looked forward to his coming. Now, we read about Job saying, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he was looking forward to his coming again the second time before he ever got here the first time. So we rejoice with them, and we rejoice in his coming. We're approaching Christmas, and I shared with a lady the other day, no one knows the date the Lord Jesus was born. And the date that has been celebrated has been changed several times. But we all appreciate, enjoy, and delight in the incarnation, Emmanuel. God with us. We delight in it. It's a Christian's delight to delight in the incarnation. God coming in the flesh. And his purpose in coming was not to set up a kingdom, but his purpose in coming was to lay down his life a ransom for many. That was his purpose. And it wasn't until the right time that that happened. But when it was the right time, he was set aside, examined, and crucified. And then it says there into the, uh, from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And we know that there's not, and the scriptures declare there's not seven holy spirits, but there are seven aspects, and we read about that. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. I like that. That's going to uh, be a blessing when we look at this word, alpha. Faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us, from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Uh, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And we looked over there at Hannah's prayer, how he has taken his people from the worst of the worst of the worst and exalted them to the highest place, kings and priests of God. Those who worship the king of kings and those who have him as their chief priest. And they have this position before him. He has imparted them and blessed them with the privilege of being ruling with him. What's that mean? Enjoying the free grace of God Almighty and his everlasting sovereignty. A king enjoys a king that rules. And God's people enjoy a God that rules has his way and sway, and nothing moves him to the right hand or to the left hand, and nothing thwarts him. He is always... Uh, I've been asked some questions lately about an issue, and uh, I, I shared with this gentleman this morning. Uh, Scott Richardson said, the, an atheist who believes or does not believe in God is no better or worse than a religionist that believes in a God that can't do anything. You know, what's the difference between being an atheist and believing in a God that has no capability of doing what he wants to do? That's a, that's a worthless position to be in. And then it says, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And that's God's people. That's the church. They're the ones that pierced him. He said so. 
I lay down. I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. They're the ones that are really going to appreciate the piercing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the rest, it says, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. There's going to be those who are going to wail because of his judgment. But it says there, even so, amen. God's will be done. I was talking to Vita this afternoon, praying God's will. We, sometimes we don't have to be specific. Lord, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Uh, someone asked me one time, it says, uh, Nancy was carrying a child, our first child, and says, well, what are you praying about? And I says, I'm praying for a healthy child. She says, well, are you praying for a boy or a girl? And I says, well, when I ask for bread, I don't ask for wholesome or flu or of, what's that? Some brand name of bread. I'm just asking for a loaf of bread. So, you know, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And then it says here in verse 8, and, and I shared someone the other day, I'm glad this book of Revelation is not sitting on my chest because it's heavy. This one verse, one verse, I am. And we looked at that last week a little bit about the I am's of God. And uh, the Lord shared with us his great I am-ness. I am the vine. I am the door. And I am the living water. And I am that I am. And in fact, he also said, there's going to be others that come and say, I am he. Don't listen to them. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 8. Look at this. John, chapter 8. As we look at the uh, I am's of the Lord, I am the Alpha. I am Alpha and Omega. Turn with me to John, chapter 8. And here we find that there are the uh, church of the living God, the sheep of his pasture, will not be deceived by those who come along and say they are him. If it were possible, he says, it would deceive the very elect, but that's not possible. He's going to take care of them. So in John chapter 8, verse 24, we read these words, I said therefore unto you uh, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am... Ye shall die in your sins. Now, that's a serious consequence for not believing that Jesus is I am. You'll die in your sins. Now, look with me to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 and verse 8. There are going to be many that say they come in his name. Now notice this with me. Luke chapter 21, verse 8, as we think of his, him as the great I am, I am that I am. And he shares with us a number of times uh, his I amness about a various object. I'm the bread. I'm the living water. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. He shares this about himself. And then he shares with us right here, Luke chapter 21 and verse 8, take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am. Now, Christ is added for clarification, but it would just be as easy to say, saying, I am. I have, I have a word. I have a, I am. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear the wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not by and by, 
Don't be terrible. Why? Because God's in charge. He is in control. And these things are working out for his glory, his honor, and his praise. The church will not be terrified at them. The church will be saying, thy will be done. I am settled on this. Thy will be done. And then backing up to Matthew 24, we find this again about his, the I amness. This is a warning that he has about those saying, I am. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 5. And then we want to get on to uh, Alpha. Matthew 24 and verse 5. The scriptures share this. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Many shall come and say, I'm Christ. Can you imagine anybody doing that? He said it will happen. Jesus said it will happen. I, I, I speak for him. I have the authority of him. I, I, don't be deceived. How will you know? The, the most, most uh, straightforward question you can ask one of these that says, I am of Christ, is who did Christ die for? Just ask him. And if they stammer and say, well, John 3.16 says everybody, then you know they're not speaking for the Lord because the Lord Jesus Christ himself says, I lay down my life for the sheep. He has particular redemption. That is his purpose. He was going to, did, and is always going to save his people from their sins. So just ask the point blank question. And before you know it, they're going to they're going to be, betray themselves and they'll just admit right off the dingbat I'm not of Christ I'm not of Christ I'm not of Christ all right now let's go back over here to the book of revelation this word alpha this is the first letter of the greek alphabet before this letter there isn't a letter Now, I mentioned when we, a couple weeks ago, if you look at the number line, we got negative numbers and we have positive numbers. But when it comes to this, there's nothing before alpha. It is the first letter and nothing comes before it. And it is so reflective of our Savior. There's nothing before him. He's always been. He has never not been. This alpha is nothing comes before alpha. The letter is expressive also of the first, a leader or chief or sovereign person. And as I mentioned, uh, scientists that do studies on canines in particular, wolves, they're always mentioning the alpha male or the alpha female. And that's the one that gets to hold her tail or his tail high and the rest of them have their tails down. And... My friend, that is a picture of us before God. We're never proud and boastful around the Lord Jesus Christ because he is king of kings and lord of lords and God's people are just glad to be in his presence. It's just a rejoicing to be in his presence. He is alpha. He is number one. He is the highest as we go through this, he is the first and the last. And the uh, prophet Isaiah mentioned that three times in his writings. I, I'm the first and the last about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The Alpha is used by the Jews for chief of persons or things. There's a place called, and it's just translated, Alpha for fine flour. If you wanted the best flour possible, you went to this place because it was the Alpha flour, the best. And the same is true about a place where you could get the best oil. And I hear people talk about where you can get the best food, the best hamburger. It's the Alpha hamburger joint. It's the best premier. You go down to certain restaurants, it's the best they serve. And that's the word we find here about our Lord Jesus Christ. He is number one, superior. He is alpha. There's nothing before him and shall be nothing after him. Romans, would you look with me in the book of Romans chapter 9? Romans chapter 9. It tells us here about the alpha, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this subject has just permeated the scriptures. It is just oozing everywhere. When it describes the Lord Jesus Christ, he always is described as being preeminent over all things. He is subject to no one. He has all power and all authority. And he said that about himself. I have all power and I have all authority. He is not subject to a soul. He has all power and all authority, and he's preeminent over all things. And in fact, we find here in the book of Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9 and verse 5, the Lord Jesus Christ is described as this, and this is his alphaness, number one, preeminentness. He is supreme. We use the word Lord. It means the same thing. Now, we shouldn't have to go on to describe what it means to be Lord, but we do. But Lord, Master, King, these are words that describe the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 9, verse 5. We have this verse of Scripture that shares with us about his alphaness. It says, Whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Now notice these next words. Who is over all? God bless forever. Amen. And when he came, he is over all. Now we can look at that as his sitting high and lifted up, and we can also look at that for the church. He covers us completely. He is overall. There's nothing sticking out. We have nothing that has been unattended by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has completely taken care of all the issues that were between us and God. He has covered them all. But he is also absolute sovereign king over all things. He is Alpha premier, sovereign, king. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 7. In this verse of scripture, he is called the great prophet. Luke, chapter 7, verse 16. It just makes so much sense when we see this. He is called the chief priest. He is called the chief shepherd. He is called the... the uh, 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 taught as one having authority, all of these verses of Scripture fit under the word Alpha. I am Alpha. I am Alpha. I am superior. I am absolutely number one. There's nothing above me. 
Now, we may want, people may want, we may have at times tried to put him down a little bit, but it hasn't changed his position one inch. He still sits high and lifted up. He still it rules over all. He is absolutely king. Now, notice here in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 16, the word says there, and there, there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, This is a great prophet, that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. Now, this word great, I just want to... There's a great mystery. It talks about great is the mystery of godliness. Now, if we talk about the greatness of the mystery of godliness, we're talking about the greatest mystery that ever happened. It is, this word means greatest. It is, he is a great mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. Now, we can talk about great is the mystery of how a tree grows great is the mystery how a baby grows great is the mystery how we digest food great is the mystery how a car works <laughs> they're all mysteries to me everything's a mystery how a battery works it's a mystery but great greatest the greatest mystery of all is the mystery of godliness god come in the flesh to God's people, that's the most fantastic mystery. And every one of us are dependent upon it for our salvation. Great mystery. God would give up his glory that he had with the world, uh, had uh, in heaven before the world began. He said in his great high priestly prayer, Restore unto me the glory I had with you before the world was. So he gave up the glory. What a mystery that he would give up the glory that he had. But he had a purpose in doing that, and that was to redeem his people from their sins. Great sinners take a great Savior. And the greatest of sinners, Paul said, and everyone I believe will concur with Paul, that's me, that's me speaking for us, takes the greatest Savior, the Alpha Savior, the Premier Number one, before him there was not. Now, notice here, great prophet. Now, uh, in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, the same word is great as you. Now, notice this with me. He is a great prophet, a great prophet, the greatest prophet. When the Lord Jesus Christ came, he came as prophet, priest, and king, and we find that he came as king of kings. He came as the chief prophet priest and he came as the greatest prophet there were great prophets in the old testament why malachi was a great prophet isaiah was a great prophet elisha great prophet but the greatest prophet was the lord jesus christ and you know what it's written about him in the covenant of grace him you shall hear we may say hmm, to every other prophet, but this prophet, when he works on us, we shall hear. He will tune us into him. <laughs> he will make sure that there is an absolute direct line between his voice and our heart. And he will speak. And Jesus said, my sheep Hear my voice and follow me. Now that's the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, and the good shepherd saying that 
the alpha shepherd. There's other shepherds called under shepherds. But there is an alpha shepherd that every shepherd bows before, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I do want to get over here into Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, as we think about the alpha, the alpha king, the alpha priest, the alpha prophet, the alpha shepherd, the alpha vine, the alpha water, the alpha bread. He's superior in every category. There's nothing that he lacks. He is the Alpha. I'll get here, Titus. Titus. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. The scripture says, Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now this word is the same word we found over there about great prophet. Great God. And the church says... Greatest God. Alpha God. This is the word. It means greatest. He is the greatest God. Now he even mentions other gods. People that have superiority over a certain element or certain people or a certain place. But when it comes to God Almighty, he is Alpha. In fact, he doesn't have to use the word Almighty. God is absolute. He is the Almighty. And then in that same vein, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, and this word is translated greatest. Greatest. He is the greatest. When I was in English in high school, I didn't pay much attention. (laughs) Nancy comes home and talks about those kids not paying much attention to her. I know the feeling. Oh, Mrs. Spock, she tried to pour it into us, but it wasn't until years later I appreciated what she was trying to do. But she kept talking about superlatives. And greatest has nothing greater. Now, you can have great, and you can have greater, but you can't have anything bigger than greatest. That's it. And he is the greatest He is the Alpha. Hebrews chapter... Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. That's the same word. Greatest. He is the greatest. He is the Alpha. He is the highest. He is the most profound. He is the greatest mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. It's the greatest mystery we'll ever study. We spend our lifetime studying about the mystery of godliness. We study about the mystery of the incarnation. We study about the mystery of the resurrection. We study about the mystery of his word. It's the greatest mystery and gives his people the greatest delight to study it and him reveal a micrometer about it and shares with our heart his greatness. Oh, we walk away and say, oh, he's greater than I ever thought, but we haven't even touched the iceberg. He is great, 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 great. Alpha, he's the alpha and omega. And then, if you would, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, as we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, those Old Testament people, they had the, the Jews, they had a high priest. 
They had a chief priest. But he couldn't do anything what the Lord could do. He wouldn't even... He had the semblance of his dress, but he wasn't dressed like... And we're going to get to that part here just very quickly in our reading. The dress of the high priest. But here, the high priest of the Old Testament just couldn't get the job done. You know one thing they never got to do? Sit down. In all of their service, they never got to sit down. And that is one thing our great high priest got to do. He finished his work and he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of the Father because he is the Alpha Priest. He was able to accomplish what all the priests in the Old Testament were never able to accomplish because God never intended one moment for those people in the Old Testament to ever get anything, forgiveness of sin, out of a death of an animal. Forgiveness of sin would only come by the death of the Son of God. And when he did what he had purposed to do in the covenant of grace, he could sit down because he completed it. Now notice here in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, the scriptures share this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, he's the alpha priest. Everybody else is under him. Talk about those, uh, uh, the comparison of Saul and the rest of the men. Head and shoulders. That's what the Bible says about him above all other men. Head and shoulders above. What a picture of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Head and shoulders. And then over there, as we've mentioned many times, there's been a come up in lessons about the, the daughters of Jerusalem asking the bride about her, her, uh, her uh, husband-to-be. He is altogether lovely. There's nothing that isn't lovely about him. My goodness. Nothing that isn't lovely. Now, I know a whole bunch about me. As a husband, that's not lovely. But him, altogether. He's the alpha husband. <laughs> Premier, great high priest, says there in, in chapter 4 and verse 14, says we have made protectors, excuse me, verse 14, seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. And keeping that in mind, turn over there to chapter 7 and verse 24 of the book of Hebrews, Chapter 7, verse 24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. That's so delightful about our Alpha priest. He never changed. He's always making intercession for his people. He is always our advocate. He is always the chief priest. He never was not. And we have the pictures and the types and the shadows in the Old Testament as well as some in the New Testament about the priests. But they died. But this one ever liveth. They never got the job done. They never got to sit down. They, now we know they went home and they sat down in their recliners just like we do. But when it came to spiritual things, they never finished their job because it was never finished. The blood of bulls and goats cannot, will not take away sin. 
It's the blood of Christ that we're loosed from our sins. We're washed in his blood. And that's what looses us from our sins. So he's the alpha high priest. Those others were high priests. Those others were chief priests. But he is the alpha priest, the chief priest. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. Now we want someone to watch over us. 1 Peter chapter 5. We want someone to watch over us. There's a whole flock of sheep, and we're like sheep going astray. We need an alpha shepherd. Someone to watch over us. Someone to protect us. Someone to keep off the diseases. Here in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Jesus said, I'm alpha. I'm alpha. I'm premier. And every aspect of his person. And every aspect of his uh, personality. And every characteristic and attribute. He is number one. He gives not an inch on any of those things. When it comes to his holiness, none holier. When it comes to his sanctification, he, he can, no one can sanctify like he does. When it comes to his regeneration, no one can regenerate like he does. I mean, it just goes on and on and on in the church. says, hallelujah. He is superior in every aspect. And there's, as the priest did say, uh, and Pilate, I find no fault in him. Isn't that truly our words? Every aspect, he is superior. He's the Alpha. And we bow in his presence. First Peter, it says here, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. You need someone to take care of? We want the chief shepherd. Uh, someone shared with me many years ago. If you want to get business done, you're having a problem, you want business done, you want to get the manager. Go to the manager. I mean, you just have to go right overhead sometimes. Go to the manager. Well, you want superior care? Go to the chief shepherd. To the superior shepherd. To the one who has under shepherds, but he is superior shepherd. He's the one that has all the orders for everyone else. Go to him. He's the one that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. That's because he's the chief. He can do superior in every aspect. His reign is superior. His blessings are superior. The hope that he gives is superior. And his, when he talks about his peace, a peace that passeth all understanding is superior peace. Everything about him is superior to everything that we could even cogitate up. We could think of the greatest, and he's superior. He is far above the heavens. What's his ways are not our ways. As far as heaven is above the earth are his ways above our ways. That's talking about the Alpha. The Alpha. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Now, how does he get to where you live? How does he stop us in our tracks? How did he stop Saul of Tarsus? How does he stop us? Notice here, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 22. Uh, this is... And did I write the wrong one down? I did. 
there is a great voice. I wrote the wrong reference down, but that's, it's a superior voice. It's an alpha voice. It's a voice that every one of his people pay attention to. There's a great voice. Maybe it is 122. Nope. It's a superior voice. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, it is said about him, he taught as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. They recognized him in his ministry. 1 verse 10, all right. Chapter 1 verse 10. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice. Now that's the alpha voice. That's the voice that he gets her attention with. It's no other voice like it. Now, just for an example, when we were growing up, we recognized our dad's voice and our mama's voice out of all voices. I can hear my mother say, Norman, you knew where you stood. You were in trouble. <laughs> then she'd call for supper, and you knew supper's ready. There was a distinctness about her voice, and Dad's voice too. There's a distinctness about this great voice. It gets right where we live. It's an alpha voice. It's a voice of authority. He spoke as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. And even some Pharisees came back. They were told to go arrest him. And they came back and he says, no man ever spoke like this man. No man ever spoke like this man. And they came back empty handed. And you know what their bosses said? Don't tell me you're believing him. <laughs> Don't tell me that. No man ever, no man ever spoke like this man. You know what? The church will line up behind those words, won't they? No man ever spoke like this man. I heard a lot of men, but no man ever spoke like this man. And he's the king of kings, superlative. He's the alpha king. He said, I'm king of kings. It's written about him being king of kings. Titus, or, or Timothy, Paul wrote to him, he's, he's the only potentate, king of kings, and he is the alpha lord. He's the alpha king, and he's the alpha lord. He's the alpha mystery. He's the alpha hope. He's our alpha. He said, I'm alpha. And he might, in Colossians, turn with me to Colossians, if you would, chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the, the church at Colossae, the saints there, had this to say. He's led by the Holy Spirit to write about the Lord Jesus. You know why there's so much written in the Bible about the Lord Jesus? Because the Lord said, when the Spirit comes, He will testify of me. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ is given glory, the Holy Spirit's given glory. The Father's getting His glory when the Son is spoken of highly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on the Holy Spirit. We know his ministry is to convince, convict the world of sin and of righteousness, of judgment, to regenerate people. But he gets glory when the Son is glorified. When he shall come, he will testify of me. Now, here we have. 
in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 18. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body. He is the alpha of the body of Christ. He's the apex. He's what gives life to the body. He, he's the brain of the body. <laughs> he's the breathing process of the body. He's the sight of the body. He is the spokesman for the body. He is the hearing of the body. And then it goes on to say in that same verse of Scripture... He says, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He will be alpha. He will not give up his reign to anyone. He is alpha. He is the chief priest. He is the chief prophet. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. He is in all things he might have the preeminence. And then, Backing up just a little bit in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 22, we read these things about the Lord Jesus Christ as he says, I'm Alpha. The Bible is full of statements about the Savior, the Lord Jesus, and this is one of them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, the scripture says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullest of him that filleth all in all. But all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. He is the absolute preeminent. That's why God is pleased when his people bow. And that's why he's angry when they will not. By nature we will not. Thank God Almighty in His covenant of grace He made plans to trip us up. Stop us in our way. Cause us to bow to the Alpha. He is my beloved Son. He's my Alpha Son. We're sons and daughters of the King, but He's Alpha Son. What? How many children did Abraham have but one? Thine only Son. The one he took up on Mount Moriah with him. Thine only son. The Alpha Son. This one will not inherit with the Alpha Son. That's what he was told. Abraham was told. He's head over all things. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. He's the author and finisher. What's that mean? I'm the Alpha and Omega of your faith. I give it to you. I'm the finisher of it. I'm Alpha and Omega. I am the I am the, the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one that gives it to us. He's the one that holds us in it. And he's the conclusion of it. He's the only reason that God's people will have faith. Because he gives it to us. And he is the, he was faithful over his house. He has a name above every name. The Bible is so full of statements about his alphaness. He is supreme, superior. He is in him the dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is alpha. He is superior. And he is he uh, speaking of him as a prophet. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter 7 and verse 37. Acts chapter 7 and verse 37. And he, this is written about him, and his own words were, My sheep hear my voice. Notice here, Acts chapter 7 and verse 37. 
Speaking, Moses spoke of a prophet, alpha prophet. Moses wrote of the Lord Jesus. John, one time, was, he had the opportunity of taking the position. And he said, I am not even Omega. I'm not worthy to unloose his shoestrings. Are you the prophet? Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, I'm not worthy to loosen his shoestrings. Here it is. Acts chapter 7, verse 37. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you, and your brethren like unto me, him ye shall hear. And this goes on to talk to us about that prophet. The alpha prophet. Prophet among all prophets. The prophet that gave all the prophets the words to prophesy. The one that was before all things. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father, the Lord Jesus. He has a name which is above every name. No name is like his name. You can call all the children you have Jesus or Jesus. You can call your, your teddy bears Jesus. But that name is above everything because it's his name. You know, a lot of people have the names of God, but there's only one God. He's Alpha, Superior, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Chief Priest, Chief Shepherd, Chief Prophet, Chief King. He is in all things. He's going to have the preeminence. He is that great prophet. He is that great high priest. He's that great shepherd. He's a great voice. He taught with great authority. Why? Alpha. That's what he said. I'm Alpha. I'm the number one. I have absolute control over all things. I have all power and all authority given unto me in heaven and in earth. It says here in the book of Revelation, I have the keys of death and hell. Now that's the Alpha. I have the keys of death and hell. That's the Alpha. Don't be rejoicing that the spirits are even subject to you. Be rejoicing that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the Alpha Clause. That's the Alpha Clause. Great High Priest. Never man spoke like this man. He's the one that could turn the most wicked, wicked. And it shares with us in the book of Acts how he does that. Turn the wicked of the wicked of the wicked of the wicked. Oh, there's a man over in the Old Testament turned out in for seven years. And he come to the conclusion, he's the Alpha King. No one can take and move him or tell him what doest thou. No one can hold his hand. No one can stop his words. No one. He's the Alpha King. Took him seven years acting like an animal. Well, it takes some of us longer than that, doesn't it? <laughs> but he stops his people, and they bow and say, he's Alpha King. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, the good Lord willing, we'll look at Omega. I am Alpha and Omega. There's nothing after him. The last letter of the alphabet, there's nothing after it. There is nothing after.